0: That was loud. So uh, tonight is part two of our series, uh, What a Time to Be Alive. If you were here last week, uh, we had like kind of a last-minute surprise speaker. Pastor Diana came and preached, uh, which was awesome. And then tonight is going to be part two. And then next week, if you guys remember, we have the Hillsong United concert uh, for everyone that went to camp. Should have got an email, I believe. So we're meeting at church, what, 6 20 unless you hear otherwise, because it might be earlier. I think Pastor Diane is trying to get it earlier. But if you don't hear anything, show up at 620, and then hopefully everyone didn't leave without you. <laughs> so, all right. So What a Time to Be Alive is uh, the title of the series. And uh <laughs> sorry, did just dropped my paper clip, and it was funny. But um, so, you know, this is this is an awesome time to be alive. This is an awesome time to be here uh, in this church, a lot of a lot of really cool things are happening. A lot of really great things are happening, have happened, and are about to happen. And um, I know personally, I'm really excited. I'm really grateful to be here and be a part um, of what's happening. And so that was kind of that's what I was thinking when I was thinking, what a time to be alive! Like, just what an awesome time to be where we are and to be experiencing the things we have experienced and the things we're about to experience and move forward with the plan that God has um, for us and for this church and for us personally. So, and everyone in here, you know, God has a plan for our church moving forward and everyone in here has a part of that. We all have an important part to play. God's got an important plan for everybody in here, you know, no matter how old or how young you are. Um, You're a big part of what's going to happen in this church because it's going to take all of us working together and doing our parts to fulfill the plan that God has for our church. And you guys, in Jeremiah 29, you can turn there if you want to. Um, I'm just going to read it real quick. But um, verse 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And so tonight, the specific title of my message uh, is here and now. And, um, you know, God has specifically placed each one of us here and now, on purpose, for a reason it's not just we're not here on accident we're not here randomly uh, we're not here you know we weren't born at the wrong time or in the wrong place we're here on purpose and god's place is here on purpose because he's got a plan for us, and he's got a role for us to play in his in the plan that God has for this church and for us personally you know that's it's nobody's here and randomly on accident, a lot of times the devil can t- talk to people and You know, tell you that you're just here, you know, on accident, you're just on the world, just kind of floating around in space, just waiting until you die, and that there's not really a reason that you're here. The devil likes to tell us that, especially when we're young and we're trying to figure out what our purpose is. The devil likes to lie and say, You don't have a purpose, you're here randomly, you're just, you know, kind of floating around, but that's a lie. We have a specific reason that we're here, and it's not an accident that we're here. Everybody in here. Every one of us has a specific reason to be here. Nobody's here by accident. So that is free. That's not an actual part of my message. That's just. A, but uh, yeah, so we can. Uh, you guys can turn to First Samuel if you want. <clears throat> we're gonna kind of camp out here. So talking about here and now, we're thinking about um, the plan that God has for us right now, and um, in this place and time. I'm gonna we're gonna look at the life of somebody in the Bible. Um, pretty popular guy, you might have heard of him. Um, but we're gonna look at David, who I really like David, he's one of my favorite people from the Bible. I really like looking at his life and studying it um, for fun in my spare time. But uh I think it's good to look because David's somebody who had a great call of God on his life, and he received that call when he was young, he was told, You're gonna be the king of Israel. And he didn't just become the king of Israel. It was a process that he went through and steps that he took to fulfill the plan of God on his life. And so looking at his life, we can kind of see, well, what are some steps and what are some, some things that I'm going to run into as I'm fulfilling the plan of God for my life? Hey, Rev, how are you? Man, you look really good tonight. So uh, looking at David's life, I'm going to give, I know a lot of you are probably pretty familiar with David, but I'm going to give a little backstory. Um, I could read it. But it's a lot because I'm going to talk about his whole life. So I'm going to condense it to literally as quickly as I can go through his life, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to get a drink of water first. Got a little story time with an old pappy. <laughs> All right. So, a little backstory for you <clears throat> Israel, God's chosen people. Um, it was a nation, and they had a king, and his name was Saul. And he was kind of he was kind of blowing it at this point. Uh, when we come into David, he was kind of not doing so great, um, not obeying God, getting into some trouble. And so God was like, "All right, well, we got to change things up because you're you're blowing it, Saul." So they were like, "Okay, we got to have a new king." And Samuel, uh, who this book is named after, was a prophet. And so God tells Samuel, "Okay, we got to find a new king. Go to Bethlehem, find a guy named Jesse." anoint one of his sons to be the king. So Samuel goes, and he, he's got to be sneaky about it so that Saul doesn't realize that he's going to go anoint a new king. But he goes to Bethlehem, and he's like, Hey, Jesse, I'm here. I'm going to anoint one of your sons to be king. And Jesse brings all his sons. Well, he brings out his, the sons that he brings out, and it's seven big, strong, handsome guys and that all look like kings. And they all line up, and Samuel goes down and says, Nope, not you, not you, not you. And God says no to every one of them. He's like, "Well, is this all your sons?" He says, "No, I got another son, my youngest. He's out being a shepherd in the field, watching the sheep, and that's David." So he brings a man. God says, "Yeah, that's the one." He anoints him. Fantastic. But he doesn't become king right then. He's still a shepherd. Later on, he becomes he gets a pretty sweet gig as a servant for Saul the king. And what happens is Saul would have these temper tantrums and get angry, and then David would come play music, and then Saul would quit being angry. It's a pretty good setup. So he was a servant to Saul. And then, of course, he fought Goliath. He became a, a great leader in the army. Pretty famous story. Uh, killed a bunch of people. Saul got jealous because David was killing more people than Saul in the army, and people were talking about David more and saying that David killed 10, 000, Saul, er, Saul killed thousands, David killed 10,000. So Saul got mad and was like, well, dang, now i got to kill this guy because he's stealing on my thunder. I'm the king. They're supposed to be talking about me, but they're talking about David. Right, yeah. So <clears throat> attacks David, hunts him. He's got an army hunting him. Hunts David down, is trying to. David's on the run, and uh, a couple times David had a chance he could have killed Saul. Uh, he snuck in while Saul was sleeping and like cut part of his clothes off and was like, "Could have killed you, but I didn't." Yeah. Yeah. We doing okay? We following along yeah. so far. I saw just buckled down for story time with Pat. So he says, "I could have killed you, but I didn't." And Saul keeps hunting him, yada yada. Doesn't ever doesn't ever end up killing him. Saul ends up dying eventually. I skipped a big chunk of stuff there, but Saul dies. David's anointed a king, happy ending, and then he's the king for a while, and then the rest of the Bible happens after that. So, all right, that was <laughs> that was David's life, and I didn't I told that for a reason, there's a point to that, because uh, we're going to look at kind of the process that David went through from getting the call of God on his life to actually coming into the fullness and seeing uh, the fulfillment of that call. So, I didn't just tell that because it's got a fuzzy happy ending, because he became king just like it was prophesied, that's great, but... Um, he had a great plan uh, on his life. He had a great call on his life. God had a plan for him, and um, but he didn't. Like I said, there was a process that he went through. He didn't just, you know, start being king when he was a kid, fresh out of the, you know, field watching sheep, and then he's the king. There was a process, yeah. and so we're going to look at some seasons that David went through um, as he was kind of progressing in the plan of God for him and fulfilling the plan of God, because it's not an instant thing, the plan of God is a process, and it's something that we got to focus on in the here and now, we can't just look ahead to the future and be like, mm, when God's plan happens, ooh, that's going to be great way up there, but I'm just going to kind of wait around for it, there's things we should be doing um, as we're walking in the plan that God has for us, so we're going to kind of go through a couple a couple seasons that David went through, and the first one is a season of preparation, and so... Uh, we've heard it said that preparation time is never lost time. This is uh, the f- really the first step to fulfilling any plan is preparation. Um, he was, you know, anointed, like I said, when he was a boy, and he continued being a shepherd and preparing himself there because that's where he was supposed to be at the time, and then he was a servant to Saul in the palace because you've got got to learn to be a good le- follower before you can be a good leader. So he was being a servant, learning how to be a good follower so he could later be a good leader. So we can look in, we can jump over a little chapter here to chapter 17, 34. Let's see if we got here. And I'm reading everything out of the NLT, New Living. And it says, But David persisted, I have taken care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth, and if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, and I club it to death. Sweet. I have done this to both lions and bears. That's awesome. And I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine, too, for he has (laughs) defied the armies of the living God. If you guys are looking to take your team competition smack talk to the next level, keep this verse in mind next year for camp. (laughs) Okay, hold on i got to quit making jokes. They make me thirsty. (laughs) So this is when David is about to fight Goliath, probably one of the most famous Bible stories of all time. And um, Goliath was a giant. He was big. He was really good at killing people. And he was so good at killing people that nobody wanted to fight him because they were all scared they were going to die. And so David was like, okay, let me fight him. But see, he had this... And like he's talking about right ne- right here, he had this season of preparation. He said, "Yeah, when I was a shepherd, I fought a lion, I fought a bear, I clubbed them in the head and killed them when they tried to kill me, and it was awesome." And so, having that background of preparation, that's something that helped him to carry out the next step of God's plan. Something a huge miracle that if he hadn't have properly prepared himself, he would have just. Been like, oh well, I'm supposed to be the king. I'm too good to be a shepherd, and like, try to fight this bear. Like, he can have that one sheep. It's not gonna be a big deal. Like, I'm trying to be king, not get eaten by a bear. Um, he wouldn't. Then maybe he, you know, he wouldn't have had the proper preparation to to defeat Goliath. But um, it's important that we don't get so focused, like I said, on the future and the end goal that we don't take the proper time to prepare ourselves. Because a lot of times, you know, even if you get like a word or you get maybe a glimpse of like what the your plan what God's plan is for you it's easy to get excited and want to be like I want to be there right now I don't want to have to do all this but if we if you try to rush out and jump the gun then a lot of times you if you don't take the proper time to prepare yourself then the plan you know you might fail and you can't it's not God's fault that you failed even though it was his plan for you you it wasn't his time and you didn't take the time to prepare yourself so I encourage you, a lot of you guys, I mean, everyone in here, I would say, we're in a stage in our life, me too, because I'm, like, the same age as all of you, so, Uh, but we're in, like, we're in a a preparation time, for sure, like, going through school, deciding what, you know, figuring out what is our plan, how do, you know, what is my part in the plan that God has for this church, for my own life, and so that's going to take a lot of preparation, and that's going to take a lot of prayer, and building a relationship with God so that you can actually talk to him and, like, find out, okay, well, what what am I supposed to be doing to prepare? You know, maybe I'm supposed to go to school to prepare. Maybe God's plan is to be a businessman and I got to go to school and I got to learn how to do that. Or maybe it's to do something else and there's certain steps you got to take to prepare that. So you got to take the proper time to prepare yourself um, for God's plan. And that's, um, like I said, probably one of the most important things you can, you're going to do. But it also turns out not the funnest because it actually takes work, and you actually got to do stuff, and you don't just get to, like, arrive in God's perfect plan for your life, which would be awesome, but that's not how it works. You got to, you got to take the time to prepare yourself and put in the work. So, the second season um, that David found himself in, and that a lot of times maybe we find ourselves in, is a season of persecution, and, you know, a season of persecution is going to come if you're following God's plan for your life. And it's not, it's not making a bad confession to say that. Like, oh, don't say you're going to have persecution because if we don't say it, then we'll never have it. Jesus said, if, you, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have persecution. Yeah. Jesus had persecution. We're going to have it. And so it's important to talk about it and it's important to learn how to deal with it and what to do when it comes. Because God is, you know, God's not the only plan or the person that's got a plan for your life. The enemy's got a plan for your life, too. And when he sees you, you know, putting in the preparation time and putting in the work to complete God's plan, then he's going to turn up the heat because he's not going to care if you don't do anything for God, if you're just floating. That's what he wants. But when he sees that you're doing something, actually doing something and preparing yourself for God's plan, he's going to turn up his plan, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be persecution. You know, um, David went through a season where he was persecuted probably way worse than any of us are going to be persecuted, because a king of an entire nation and the whole army was trying to kill him, and he was like running and hiding from them. I don't know about you guys, that's never happened to me, probably won't, I don't foresee that happening, but it's a season of persecution that he was in, but when you look at how he reacted to the persecution, he didn't, I mean, he had opportunities to kill Saul, which wouldn't have, I mean, to my thinking, at least, if a guy's if someone's hunting you down trying to kill you, and you have an opportunity to kill him first, that doesn't seem like the worst plan in the world to go ahead and take care of that problem. But he didn't because he was still he was still under submission to Saul as the king, and he remained a faithful servant and didn't kill him, the guy who was hunting him with an, a whole army trying to kill him. And so, you, the important thing to remember when a season of persecution comes is that. It's just a season, and it's temporary. It. And the devil, a lot of times, he'll he'll tell you, he'll try to get you to believe that it's not temporary, that it's forever. And it's not. He's, you know, he's going to bring people into your life that are going to try to pull you away from the plan of God. And he's going to bring temptation in your life that's going to try to pull you into sin. And, you know, he's going to attack your thought life especially. And, you know, when it comes to the plan of God, he's going to tell you, like I was saying earlier, he's going to, attack your thoughts and tell you that God doesn't have a plan for you or that you're alone or that, you know, you're never, you're not good enough to fulfill God's plan because of something you've done or because of who you are. And those are all the devil and they're all lies. And he tells you those because if he can get you to believe that, then you're not going to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. If he can get you to believe that you're not here for a reason or that you've blown it and that you you know, kind of God moved on to someone else with the plan because of something you did, that's, it's, that's a lie. And, uh, if, but if he can get you to believe it, he's going to tell it to you. When he sees you, when he sees you moving forward with God's plan, he's going to say that to you to try to get you to stop. But just like David, you know, he continued on with being faithful to the call of God he continued on. He didn't let, you know, he didn't just go into hiding forever and be like, <clears throat> ooh, almost burped there right into the microphone. <laughs> he didn't g- just be like, forget this plan. Like, I'm going to go hide so I don't get, like, my head cut off. Right. He pressed through the persecution. Right. And, and that's what we need to do when a season of persecution comes. We need to press through because when we press through the persecution, we have the proper preparation. That's when we come into the third season, which is the season of promise. So this third season, the season of promise, that's where you start to see promises that God has made to you come to fruition. Because you've put in the necessary preparation and you pushed through the persecution, now you're starting to see things come to pass that God's promised. Now you're starting to walk in, in some of the bigger things of his plan because, you know, a lot of times, like I said, that the bigger things of his plan can't come unless you've prepared yourself and unless you've pushed through. And taking the proper steps to prepare yourself for God's plan. So, like I said, David was anointed when he was really young. And a lot of us in here are really young. Even some of the older, was, older ones in here. I wasn't pointing at you, Dad. I was pointing at Amzie. But <laughs> we're all young in here. We're all young in here. And, uh, and we all have a great call of God on our life, just like David did. And just like David, it's not something that we're going to just pop into. But... When we do put in the preparation, and it doesn't happen overnight, but when we hit that season of promise, then we're going to see the plan that God has for us start to come into fruition. It's going to be, I mean, bigger than we could have even thought. And so this is something, and we see these, I could have picked several. There's several people in the Bible where you see this same progression start to take place as they're fulfilling the plan of God. Like Joseph, shout out to Joseph, king of dreams one of the greatest movies of all time. You see the same uh, the same kind of... I'm just going to keep this water up here so I don't walk back and forth. You see the same progression, though, and even in Jesus' life, you see, you know, when he was young, he was in the temple talking to the religious leaders and um, studying the Bible and preparing himself, and then he was persecuted up until the point of crucifixion on a cross, which is, again, way more intense than any persecution we're probably ever going to face, so... Shout out to us for that. And, uh, but then, you know, on that third day, when he rose from the dead, that was him fulfilling the promise, the promise that he had made to his disciples saying, I'm going to raise again in three days. Right. And then the promise that God made back in Genesis when he told the devil, I'm going to kick you in the head, and it's going to destroy your authority. Yeah. So that was a So you've got your season of preparation, you've got a season of persecution that's temporary, and then you've got the season of promise. And so when thinking about, you know, the here and now and how to, what to do, you know, daily, like here in my actual daily life to prepare myself for God's plan, it's important to keep these things in mind because, like I said, a lot of us, we're in that season of preparation, and we need to make sure that we, um, we know that the persecution is coming We know what to do about it when it comes so that we can push through and then eventually see the promise. So focusing on that, um, like I said, especially right now, is an important time for all of us. But um, and even, I mean, our church as a whole, I think, I believe strongly that we're about to hit the season of promise. That, I mean, we've had so many words for our church specifically that we're going to see um, all kinds of growth and we're going to reach this generation and we're going to change the region and we're going to change the state and all, all these words that have come. And for years and years, Dr. Jacobs has been giving us like the best teaching and preaching that we could ever want. And that was a preparation for us because we had to you know have that strong foundation of knowing the word like he taught us, so that we could be ready for all kind for what's coming for the the plan of God that um, is coming for this church, and I mean as far as persecution, we kind of slipped through because we aren't the pastors of this church, and we don't have to deal with as much persecution. But persecution came. Doctor Jacobs pushed through a lot of persecution with this church, and um, because of that, we're right on the brink of hitting the season of promise, and I believe we're about to see all of those things come true uh, for this church. So, the season of preparation, the season of persecution, and then the season of promise. Um, That's all I have for tonight. Thank you guys for showing up and listening.